Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with the Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Looking forward to a good morning today as uh, in studio today have two of my favorite people, Pastor Ralph Sigler from Harvest Church and Pastor Joel Sigler from Harvest Church. Lead pastor, youth pastor, two wonderful men of God who uh, mean a lot to my wife and I and our growth as we uh, attend Harvest Church and have been for oh, about what, 16 years. It's been a while. Is that when it and, is? Yeah, so, somewhere in that neighborhood. What year did Love and Action start? We started in 2000. When did you go full time into it? 2013. 13. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Harvest ten, was uh, ten years. Know, big part of that. Yeah. T- ten years in December. Okay. Will be awesome. uh, when I left the the newspaper world. Yeah, and, I remember uh, a lot of conversations. Uh, yes, we, the, we, we did. <laughs> we did have a lot of conversations. A lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah. Going into that. Ralph, appreciate you joining us this morning. Yeah. Great to be here. And Joel, thank you, man. Thanks for having us. First time we've had Joel on the radio with us. So, That's right. Uh, yeah. Glad to be able to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about today, and actually it's going to be a two Sundays. We're talking about families, talking about youth as we are leaving summer now. Um, I think the temperatures will stay around for a little bit longer, but mm. <laughs> the schedules of people are going to start changing. And so we're, we're going to get into that conversation this morning and talk about what that looks like, give us some advice on, on how to kind of reset our compass, if you will, mm-hmm. coming out of summer. But before we do, let's open up in prayer this morning. Raph, would you yeah, open us up? Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness, for your plans for us. And as we're talking about kind of shifts in schedule, that really is an opportunity to know we're hearing from you about what your priorities are for us in this season. And so just ask that that would be really impressed on all of us, and you would give us the grace just to know what you're wanting us to invest in and that we would have your direction to do that. We just give you this time together here and now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. School is already well underway now for students as, as we're at the end of, end of August, but technically summer's not over on our schedules until Labor Day, right? But people are readjusting to coming out of a time when schedules aren't maybe so tight unless you got a lot of camps and that kind of stuff going on with your children. And one of the many things that I love what you guys do is whether it's the first of the year or you're coming out of a, a like summer is to help people reset because everybody's saying, okay, we're getting back to normal. Well, mm-hmm. if anybody figures out what normal is, let's write a book about that. But sometimes getting back to so-called normal still isn't where we want to be in life. And so uh, today, uh, as we talk about families coming out of of summer vacation, uh, summertime, schedules are, kids are back in school, and everything's kind of getting back to the way it was before summer came. There's some things we need to be focusing on with our our walk with Christ. It's kind of like a new year where there's fresh beginnings, right? School, Mm -hmm. there's there's freshness in the school year, uh, freshness in in resetting our schedule. So uh, Ralph, as families start getting back into a routine, what are some things that they should really focus on as we enter into fall, enter into this? And I thought as you were speaking, uh, Joel's coming out of a really busy season with the youth ministry. They kind of when they're all out uh, for Mm -hmm. summer. But I think these times are very, very important because we've kind of noticed that first of the year, you know, New Year's, people evaluate their lives. And the second time that people most do that is when school starts back up. And it's interesting to me that even if you have no kids at your house, it's just kind of a rhythm in our culture that people do that. 
And I think those are really good times and really important times. I can't remember who said an, an unexamined life is not worth living. But I think that it's important to know where we're going, to stop and evaluate at different times. And this is a really good time to do that, to just, to just evaluate. And if you're following Jesus, you know, the main thing is what are his plans? And he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So what's he wanting you to invest in in this season? So it's an important time to be praying and just putting that before the Lord and, and to take some time away to evaluate. Uh, you know, we have a lot of, particularly in, in our in Harvest Discipleship, when we do 30 days of knowing God, we have some guidelines for extended times of prayer. And it's a good time to do one of those, just to get away and have a, an hour where you can spend time with the Lord and think through, Lord, what are the main things? What are you wanting me to do? How do I need to change and adjust my schedule? And in doing that, you know, just knowing that what happens, what God does in us is going to last, and the rest is not. It's going to be temporary. So what can we build in to know God, to know God better? What can we build in that's going to be bringing transformation in our lives, and what can we build in that's going to allow us to bear fruit, that our lives are going to matter for other people? I think it's a little bit tricky for some people going into, like, end of August, back into school, because it's not as much of a goal-setting time as New Year's. And so sometimes people can miss the opportunity of really intentionally saying, what do I want my life to look like in the, through the remainder of the year? Whereas New Year's, people tend to be more focused on what I want this year to look like and setting goals and evaluating. And I think we tend to do that. We definitely set in a lot of new scheduling often. Like people kind of want to reset mentally and get things just back in order going into the fall. But I think we do need to be very intentional that we're not just going into default mode, like default schedule. And we're being intentional about, you know, if I did have goals at the beginning of the year, maybe revisiting those. How have those been going? Uh, Have I been successful with some of these goals? Have I gotten off track? And it's a time to reset. And so I think being intentional this time of year is really significant as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, intentional is the key. I often tell folks when we're talking about reading the scripture, you, know, you have to be intentional. Whatever you want to do in life, if you want to do it well, you have to be intentional to do that. So so being intentional to carve out time, uh, to be in the word carve out time for prayer. And I often tell folks, look, you know, we're, we're creatures of habits. But we have so many habits some good, some bad, and our goal is to get rid of the bad ones and, and to replace them with, with good habits. And, and getting into the habit by being intentional of reading Scripture, of praying, is so important. If somebody's they're listening to this today and they're saying, you know what, great idea, I, I need to reevaluate. I need to reset my schedule, and as you said, Joel, don't just go into default mode. We need to start doing some things different in, in my life and in my family's life. What are some good pieces of advice to give that family who's hearing that right now? Well, my advice is always begins with, are you spending time with God? And are you getting with the people of God? Because a lot of people struggle spending time with God on their own, and they need they need help, and we all need to be committed to the family of God. But uh, this is just really all reminding me, you know, at the beginning of this year, we did a, um, a guarantee and it really came out of other churches, other pastors I listened to, who I've heard say multiple times at the beginning of the year, if you'll fully engage in this year, you'll see transformation in your life. And I started thinking, well, you know, yeah, absolutely. That happens with everyone if they fully engage. And thinking about how it speaks to people outside of the church, 
just worded it this way, if, you know, if you fully engage, you're going to have less anxiety and fear and worry and depression, and you're going to have more joy and peace and purpose and fullness in your life. We just kind of thought about it. Well, since everybody we've seen fully engage does that, it happens for them, then we're going to do it as a guarantee. The next part of that was, well, what does fully engage mean? And that's kind of getting back to, you know, as you're looking to what in your schedule is going to make a difference, we identified five things, and they're just prayer, and we have a guide guideline for that, 30 days of knowing God that's been effective in helping people with their times with God. Uh, we always ask people, read through the New Testament two pages a day. You can do it in four months. A church, committed to the family of God. Uh, it just really is reality that you don't really go anywhere spiritually if you're disconnected. We want people to be in a small group, and we focus first on freedom that's been very, very effective in helping people break free from the things in their past that keep them from moving forward. Then the other one is we do a couple of big conferences a year, and we ask them to be in one of those conferences. Uh, But I would just say, beginning, evaluate my time with God. How am I spending time with God and developing my relationship? And am I being connected to the people of God? I think one way that I like to start evaluating my life is looking at a smaller segment. So maybe you can just look at the summer or look at the last month and think, if I extended that month for the next five years, what would my life look like? Is that what I want my life to be? Is that who I want myself to be in this month? Because it can be easy to think, well, later I'll start, you know, being better at all these things that I should be doing. And that just continually prolonging the habits and routines of life that we know will develop us into the people we want to be and will make our lives count can be dangerous. It can be really dangerous to just always want to prolong that. And so when you look back and say, okay, this past month, like what was my routine this past month? And is that actually going to make me the person I want to be in five years and make my life count the way I want it to count in five years? And I think that can be a reality check for us is to say, okay, there are some things that I can't just continue to prolong, especially some of these things as far as I think knowing God and uh, spending time with God has to be the first thing we look at. Is that just something I intend to do in the future and intend to establish, or am I actually putting something in place that 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 habit is being built in my life of spending time with God and being involved in church? So that is where I usually start, is kind of looking back and envisioning, is this this effective, what I'm doing right now? Right. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I often equate it, too, with um, being a sports fan and growing up playing sports is if you're an athlete, you want to be the best you can be at that sport. You played soccer, so mm-hmm. did I. You played tennis mm-hmm. and basketball. And when we competed in sports, we, we wanted to win. We didn't have participation trophies back then. We just, mm-hmm. if you wanted a trophy, you better win. And so we would commit ourselves to working out, to practicing, to learning the skills that we need to excel. And athletes who become collegiate, become professional athletes, they really develop those habits that they needed to get their bodies in the correct shape, right? Mm-hmm. And so spiritually is the exact same way. If we want to spiritually grow, we want to grow in Christ, then we need to start being intentional on those activities, those times if you talk about being in the Word, being in prayer, being with other people of God, we need to put that into practice, and, and we're working out our spirit that way, if you will, because yeah. uh, then we'll build endurance, mm-hmm. and the Bible talks a lot about enduring and persevering, and so you're not going to persevere, you're not going to have endurance if you're not in shape, and so spiritually, we have to be in shape, and so that's why I look at being in His Word as often as we can. we got to set aside time. I often tell people, look, my best time's the morning. And so I intentionally carve out that time in the morning to be 
with God and his word, be in time of prayer. Uh, for other people, it depends on their work schedule too. Other people, mm-hmm. nighttime's the best time or middle of the day. Well, you just have to determine what's that and, and then be dedicated to doing that consistently. And I know that my growth, man, that the more I'm in his word, the more that I'm growing. And church is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. We came through a time in 2020 where everything shut down, right? Mm. People got out of the routine of going to church. And I hate to call it a routine, but that's, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, they're good routines. Yeah, there yeah. are good ones. Mm-hmm. And yes. from going overseas a lot, there can be such a big difference between the body of Christ mm-hmm. overseas and the body here. And, and I would often think, man, the body of Christ can't get any lazier mm-hmm. in America. Now, we have pockets that are strong. I like the Harvest Church, a lot of great ministry going on there. And there's some other great ministries going on right here in Dothan. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, the American church has been pretty lazy mm-hmm. over the decades. But, man, coming out of COVID, it got even lazier as a mm-hmm. whole because people were not being engaged in church, forsaking the, the fellowship, you know, yeah. where it tells us not to. Yeah. But, you know, th- thankfully some folks are saying, you know what, I need to get engaged. I need to get back. But there's still a lot that aren't. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about a reset here, getting new routine as we start this new time of the year coming out of summer, let's talk about the fellowship of believers and the importance of that and ways that those schedules can be reset and, and, and be intentional about being part of the family of God by actually being active in it. Yeah. We've got two pastors here, so this can be an easy topic right here. But the, <laughs> the importance of the body of Christ and being an active part of that body. Well, yeah, I mean, the church is established by God, and Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Scripture, we read the church is the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. How he works on this earth is going to be through that. Uh, So much of the New Testament is about how we're supposed to relate to each other and be committed to each other and spur one another on and correct each other and serve each other and love each other known as disciples by the way we love each other. So really in, in the New Testament, there's no, uh, well, I think C.S. Lewis says the New Testament does not envision a solitary Christianity. Uh, it just is, it doesn't exist. We're called together as the family of God and body of Christ. And that's kind of gone against, I think, uh, Western individualism, which is strongest in the United States, this ability to think, well, this is just about me and God you know, as long as I'm okay with him. But that's really not what Christianity is. Christianity is loving God, loving your neighbors, yourself, loving the family of God. So, so much of what takes place. I tell people we're in a spiritual battle. Most people understand that if they're following Christ. Uh, There's a spiritual battle going on. And I always ask people, do you know the platoon you're in? Who watches your back? Who are you watching over? Who knows what's going on in your life? And you're joining in this battle together. So I kind of see small groups as like the platoons. Um, Sometimes it may just be a a loose association with a small group. But small groups and then a church like Harvest is like a battalion. You know, we're a big part of the army in this region. And we have to be joined in and plugged in. Our purpose, when we look at, you know, everybody asks, what am I on earth to do? We always say, well, you're first on earth to know God and become the person he created you to be. But then... You are here to do things that God prepared in advance for you to do. That's what Scripture says. And those always fall into two areas. It's building up the church as part of your purpose in life. 
and making a difference in the world. So it's really essential that we join together. And so much of uh, the blessing of God walking with other people, the effectiveness uh, and the transformation that takes place in us, and you really can just keep on going. And now, you know, a first step is showing up, but that if that's all that ever happens, then there's going to be a lot of limits to how, how much progress we make in that. Yeah, I would say if you're not currently plugged into a church, that maybe should be your number one goal going into the fall. Um, We may get to this more next week when we're talking about students, but I've shifted with students when they give their life to the Lord. I used to always talk about spending time in the Word as the first step, most important thing, and I've actually shifted to saying the most important thing is being involved in fellowship. And it's because with students, the people they're around is going to dictate whether or not they follow through mm-hmm. with spending time with God and the other things. And I think mm-hmm. that's in a large part going to be true with adults as well, where if you just make the one decision, I'm going to get involved in a church, then you're going to be continually encouraged on those other habits as well and continually reminded of how important it is to be seeking God and spending time in the Word, being involved in things that count. And so I would just encourage anybody, if that's where you are, if you're starting this fall and you haven't really been plugged into a church, a life-giving church, that should be maybe your number one goal is, all right, I'm just going to do it. It's a once a week, I have to make this decision. I'm going to do it. It's never going to feel good and easy to change my routine around. I just have to start doing it and then it'll become my new routine. And I really think that can be a really huge starting point um, for people. I agree. It's kind of like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, you first go, you're like, man, I don't really want to do this, or I don't want to really want to start walking, or what, whatever the case might be. But then you, you stop and think about what are the benefits. Yeah. And with church, it's the same. It's the same mm-hmm. way. What What are the benefits if I just keep sitting at home and not doing anything as far as uh, you know my spiritual walk goes with Christ, or or even seeking Christ? I was, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and and he said, you know, he was telling me, look, I I believe there's something out there. Mm. But I, I I don't believe it's God right now, and, and I, that's a starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, so so if you're listening, and we have a lot of people listening who who are seeking. Mm. If you're seeking, then go to a church mm. and, and see what what they're teaching. And and Joel, you, you hit on something key. You said a life giving church. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain that. Well, I would say that there are all churches are not the same. I right. guess um, there are people and churches that kind of come together for just the religious reasons of um, habit, an unhealthy routine. We talked about there's healthy routines and unhealthy routines, but for some churches it's just become an unhealthy routine where they're not actually seeking God and they're not growing. And so a life-giving church is one where the presence of God is evident and is is present. God's presence is there when you meet together. Um, That's probably the most important defining factor is when you go to a church – is the presence of God there? Or is there growth? We talk about life and think of, you know, the concept of growing things. So are things growing? Are people coming to Christ? Is that all happening? Or the opposite of a life-giving church would just be a dead church. Mm-hmm. And most people can conceive that of just a kind of group of people that are together, but there's nothing, there's no life happening. There's the Spirit of God is not present in their midst in such a way that there's vigor and life and the energy of God that you feel when he, when his presence is moving. So I don't know if, is that yeah, too no, vague that, or is that? No, that, that, that's, that's an excellent definition there. And uh, one of the things that all those years ago when, when Martha and I were, were looking for a home church, one of the things uh, that really drew Martha and I to, to harvest was, well, one, when we, when we walked in, we felt the presence of God. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we just did. And the worship was great. The preaching was great. But I love the fact that discipleship was there. Mm-hmm. You know, discipleship was being offered, and, I, and that's part of that life-given church. That there's so many places where discipleship isn't offered. You, you come, yeah. you sit for an hour, sing a few hymns, listen to a word, and you're done. And, and it's kind of like checking a box. Well, that's, that's not life. Mm-hmm. But when you're involved with the, with the body of believers where you're engaging in the Word, not just listening to it, but you're engaging with the Word, you're learning uh, the Word of God, discipleship is being offered, that is life-giving. Mm-hmm. A- and that's something that, that, man, so much more needs to be, to be done in, in the body of Christ in America with discipleship. Because I, I meet yeah. so many people who they just never have gone through any type of discipleship, maybe a Sunday school class, maybe, you know, and, and go to church on Sundays, and, and that's it. But th- those are good things to do. Mm-hmm. But, man, you've got you've to add to it if you want to grow. And, and so, Raph, the discipleship, you, you wrote the five phases of discipleship, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a wonderful teaching. But, man, Harvest is just so much into discipleship with freedom and discipleship, mm-hmm. and, and you're building on that too. Man, the, the changes that you see in people when they first come and they get engaged, it, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it really is. I was recently talking to our homeschool uh, group as they were starting off their year, and was just telling them, and a lot of people are worried about uh, basically the darkness getting darker in our culture. But I was sharing the light's getting lighter too. And I just mentioned to them, you know, we had 41 people join the church Sunday morning. And uh, in our spring conference in May, we had over 1,260 people there on a Sunday night and 12, over 1,260 there on a Wednesday night and over 1,000 on Monday and Tuesday night. And the reason that's significant to me is, is hunger. Yeah. There is hunger, and the world's not working, and people see that. But to your what you just mentioned, the transformation, you know, you get a group of that, like 41 new people, they start sharing in membership class, and the transformation's incredible. And just week after week, over and over again, just the change we see in people's lives. And you mentioned freedom and discipleship. That's just escalated it. You know, we're, we're, and I think many life-giving churches are getting to see a lot of people meet Jesus. It's just as happening weekly, and I feel like it's, it's more weekly. And then uh, the Lord has really blessed us with uh, freedom, 12-week study followed by a weekend, helping people break free from things in their past that hold them back. And just the stories we get from that are amazing. I mean, people just launch into into this transformation. And then, as you said, we have the five phases of discipleship that really came together because the Great Commission is go and make disciples. We were aware that in most churches in America, we don't help people really confidently live as disciples. You know, the number of church people who can say, yeah, I know I'm living as a disciple of Jesus is pretty small much less know how to to make disciples. So putting this together, the question was, what do people need to know and experience to confidently live as disciples and know that they can make disciples? And, uh, yeah, we're seeing just great things, great transformation take place. I was thinking back when you were making the comment about starting going to church. It's like starting exercise. You just have to decide you're going to do it. Uh, But I was thinking, in a life-giving church, that's not how you feel about it for long. Now, you may have a battle every week because there is a spiritual battle, especially for a while. But when the Lord is there and, and moving, it just becomes one of the great joys of your life to see Him moving in people and be with the people He's moving in and just to see the victories that are taking place. And When churches are seeking God, He honors that, and He reveals His presence, and He moves, and uh, the, we're not the only one, thankfully, uh, doing that, and that's the kind of church you, yeah. you want to connect with. Amen. And it is, uh, you know, 
being engaged with church is is not just a, not just an activity; it's life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, we, when we can understand that this life is about Jesus and about bringing glory to Him, then when we have an opportunity to to worship with other believers, it's just part of our lives. Yeah. And so yeah. we, we can say, I get to go to church. It's like I was telling yeah. you, know, when you talk about the membership class, I, I love it because Ralph always says, I get to teach this class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something, oh, I got to do this. You know, I get to, so there's an, an excitement about it. And mm-hmm. that, that same way about going to, to, to a house of worship is, I get to go worship with my brothers and sisters. Yeah. I get to hear the word of God today. Yeah. You know, that's that's an excitement and that's and that's life. And so we, we just incorporate all this as these routines we're talking about, they're part of our lives. The Great Commission, uh, yeah. that's life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. we're, we're walking with Jesus constantly. We're growing in Jesus constantly. And a life-giving church is going to help us do that. Yeah, so and when you, when you know, when you experience the presence of God, I mean, that's always amazing. I mean, it's, ex- it's exhilarating when you are, are aware that the God who fills the whole universe and made it all and holds it all together and knows everything about you. You you know he's there, and you're getting a glimpse of his goodness and glory and power, and when he when you know he's speaking, he's a God who speaks. Uh, and as I mentioned Sunday, I mean he, he created all things by the power of his word. He holds it all together, and he's still speaking. Yeah. And when he speaks into our life, there's transformation. When he speaks into the church, there's transformation. Uh, and when that's going on, yes, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But there's still a battle dynamic constantly going on. We're in a spiritual battle. Um, but these things, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there, there really is the, there, there are certain things like, uh, you know, getting the habit of picking up your Bible and sitting down and praying. And uh, you, it's not hard to see the transformation in your mind and spirit and heart that takes place as you do that consistently. Uh, but building the habit, building new habits, they're a challenge, but they're worth it because they change your life. They are. Amen. I think we live in a very, like, community deprived culture Mm. people really want to have more connections than they do most people Mm -hmm. that i talk to Mm -hmm. they feel like i don't connect with people like i wish that i did i wish that i had more time where i had real genuine connections with other people but then it's also challenging to make the changes in your life necessary to make those connections and church is one place that that really can happen and mm. it happens in a healthy way because what you're united around is the most important thing. Anytime you're really connecting with somebody, there's going to be some sort of common interest, whether it be uh, some sort of recreation or, uh, you know, you're fans of the same thing. But when, um, when you're united around your purpose in life and mm. your love for the Lord, mm. that's a deeper unity that we have with any, anybody else. And that longing that we have to be connected is genuine. And I think it's exacerbated by the uh, social media, like the presence of social media that's always posing as connection, which can be healthy to be able to keep up with people. But it also masks a lot of the lack of true connection. But people feel it. People want to have times where they're just connecting with others. And I think that when you when you really plug into a, a life-giving church and start making those connections you'll begin to feel you'll begin to feel that the how fulfilling it is to have true life-giving connections with other people um it isn't something like 
dad was saying, it's not something that for long is a chore that I just have to do because I know it's healthy. It's something that you really quickly begin to see, man, I need these sorts of relationships and these healthy, um, these people who are healthy, uh, going to give a healthy input into mm -hmm. my life influences, um, can be quickly really valuable to your life. I think one obstacle to that is another thing our culture struggles with is an idolization of like downtime and mm -hmm. comfort. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so people really can have this mentality of like the goal of my week is to maximize my leisure time, comfort time, home time. Right. And so that will get in the way of true community. And most of the time, which this happens to all of us, I'm not, you know, this is, happens to me where I think to myself, oh, I could get out or I could have people over tonight. I could go out and spend time with these people, but it'd be nice to just be at home, you know, right. just relax. But then if I make the decision to do it, I'm almost always so thankful that I did. Like, oh, that was so fun. That was life-giving. It was encouraging. Whereas if I had just stayed home, it would have just been, you know, not much. Right. Kind of, so I think that can be an obstacle that we have to be aware of, that the goal of my week is not to maximize my time at home relaxing. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. And uh, and, and guys, we are already out of time for this week, uh, but we'll come back together next week and, and continue this conversation and get more in, into the youth side yeah. of things. But I ho hope everybody benefited from this talk this morning and that you're you're ready to to reset your, your schedule, ready to set some new goals, ready to just really dive into Jesus and and live for Him, you and your family. And I hope you will come back next week and join us. And again, thank you guys for being here this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. And until next week, just remember Jesus loves you so much. And I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.